This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place the Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's the Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. I'm, I'm not really, I don't really mean that. I'm sorry. It's cold outside. I'm not used to this. I, I, I've got my shorts on. I do have two shirts on today, but it's still cold. And uh, when you get a certain age, you want warm weather. And, and when the early morning comes and you've got to get out of bed, that's pretty darn tough, I, I was talking to a couple of friends this morning, and they were still in bed, sound asleep, and they should have been up an hour before. So I've got Greg Tucker on, and nothing ever bothers Greg. I mean, he he's always up, ready to go, no matter what time it is or what's going on. And I'm glad you're this way. Could I talk you into calling every morning, waking me up? I don't have a buzzer on my well, I hope you learned something this morning, and we'll be better prepared tomorrow morning because we're going to have a little bit of cool weather now. It's October, you know. Yeah, but it feels more like November. <laughs> we're not supposed to have cold weather th- yeah, I did this early. Yeah, uh, frost yesterday morning just lightly, and then this morning a little bit more, so I imagine it's going to get to be our routine. Yeah. I was glad to see you and Mentriette uh, on Saturday morning. I had a yard sale, and you guys came by and uh, made my day better. And I also had Eloise came by, and and uh, I was glad to see her show up. And well, somebody, Regina was there, and uh, Tommy Trichler was there. Well, somebody was conducting a yard sale in your yard and garage, and it clearly wasn't you. I saw you back in the house socializing. So that was my duty for that for that particular day. <laughs> uh, but those that you invited in for socializing probably didn't spend near as much money as the others. So, but it was uh, it was a good event for the neighborhood anyway. It cleaned out my house quite a bit. I'll tell you that. And I didn't realize that I had so much uh, accumulation uh, over all the years. And uh, well, you sold both of your golf bags, so I presume that you. I think one person bought both of them. Yeah, I saw him loading, and he was walking with a cane. I thought that's that's a good advertisement there. <laughs> well, it's been a while since I've played. Yeah. I guess two or three years. Once you get bad shoulders, it's it's hard to swing. I know you're still out playing, which I'm proud of you. I've, I play about four times a year with a couple of old, old friends, and it's really more mm-hmm. of a let's get together. 
something for us to use as an excuse to get together. Uh, and you shot over a hundred, I think. I have in the past easily, yeah, yeah. easily hit a hundred. Uh, yeah. But sometimes I get lucky. You, uh, you, you, did you watch the any of the UT football game? No. Oh, that's right. You're from Vanderbilt. Uh, oh, you guys got beat in the last minute too. But I, that they was put, they that, put those games on television. That was an, one of the more exciting games. I, I know that uh, that they uh, neither one of them played up to what their normal uh, game plan would be. But you, you, they had the the markings where part of it would be orange and part of it would be white all the way around the stadium there was not an empty seat anywhere and it was so loud there that the announcers were saying that that was the loudest stadium that they had ever been in that night and uh there was a lot of um um i guess a lot of people that didn't really like kiffin and and that's hard to believe of course i don't like him either so that, that kind of worked out well for me. But I, I was sorry that what happened was that a number of people got really mad at one of the calls because we'd, we'd had a few bad calls during the game and uh, started throwing things. But you the media it. wants to focus on that instead of, 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 of the great feeling that was going on there in, in that stadium that night. And I, 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 I'm not a very big fan of sports media as you know and uh i thought they were terrible because focus on the good things not the bad things well let me do my commercial then because tonight is the last program meeting of the rutherford county historic society for this year uh bill jakes is going to talk to us about his new book based on something he found in his attic uh should be an interesting program it's also uh the end of the year election for next year officers mm -hmm. so the meeting will begin at about seven o'clock at carriage lane inn and uh members are encouraged to be there for for this meeting uh and one of the sidelight uh, things of interest is marty luffman our comeback man of the year uh coming back from a very very serious car accident uh not his fault uh but he told me yesterday that he would be there tonight so oh be good great to see him out and uh getting involved again in uh activities he believes in is uh, he walking pretty well well he said he's going to come and bring his wheelchair he's uh, -huh. uh so he can move around easily but he's working towards uh, being able to move without the wheelchair what a great guy I, uh he's amazing you know nothing's going to keep marty down no. as, as you know and i know he uh i'm glad that he's being methodical and careful about coming back yeah he's made incredible progress well beyond the prognosis he got from the doctors early on uh so marty look forward to seeing you tonight uh, we heard on the radio this morning about the uh, death of a uh, prominent military figure of, mm -hmm. of recent days, Colin Powell. It reminded me of how, well, when I look around today, and maybe I'm pessimistic, but 
when you look for leadership, national leadership, or even state-level leadership, used to be it uh, invariably was someone who had military experience. Yeah. And because that's so much a part of the responsibility of our our leadership. And today that seems less so. But coincidentally, uh, I came across a document, and I can't say for 100% how I came to have it. I believe Matt McCullough passed it on to me. But it's an original affidavit, uh, which I need to be sure it gets into our new museum or the archives on the history of the 115th Field Artillery. That was our local National Guard unit mm -hmm. uh, for many, 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 many years. And uh, well, you may remember we've talked about at least two events where they uh, were key players. Uh, one was the uh, lynch mob riot down in Bedford County yeah. where the Rutherford County Guard Unit was called up to keep order and uh, were not able, because of, they were literally outmanned, uh, were not able to establish and keep order, but they were able to protect the target of the mob yeah. and uh, uh, made it possible for justice to, to do its, its proper role. Uh, and then uh, that was in the 1930s. Then in the late 1940s, or soon after the end of World War II, the Guard was also called up to respond to a uh, uh, mob activity in Williamson County. And there was quite effective in bringing an end to what uh, had been a very uh, tragic situation up until their involvement, several deaths both uh, citizens and uh, some law enforcement personnel. And uh, let's see, we're getting close here to the 80th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor, yep. December 7, 1941. Most of us have learned or been taught that that was the beginning of the war. That's what brought the United States into the, into the war. Well, those of us who were in Rutherford County back in those, that period, late 30s, know that uh, Rutherford County men, representatives, were already involved. In fact, the National Guard unit here called the 115th Field Artillery was activated as early as 1939 and began doing uh, uh, basically preparation work in anticipation that uh, the United States would soon be drawn into the war. Well, what I found in an old file is an affidavit prepared by a familiar name to those of us who uh, spent some time in the state archives. The name is John Trotwood Moore. John Trotwood Moore, you wonder why does he use the middle name so aggressively, Trotwood. Yeah. Uh, most people today would only know the name because there's a school in uh, Forest Hills up in the Nashville community, mm -hmm. the John Trotwood Moore School. And Trotwood, of course, was a family name, but everything you see where his name is on it, it's always the three names. And I'm just speculating, but I think John Moore is so common a name that he was trying to distinguish 
uh, and have people recognize his work. He was an author. But in 1919, he was appointed state librarian, archivist, mm -hmm. and uh, was responsible for developing uh, what uh, for many years has been an outstanding collection and program uh, of records regarding Tennessee and, and its various subdivisions. But this document is actually not signed by John Trotwood Moore. It's signed by Mrs. John Trotwood Moore. <laughs> Interesting that uh, from the time he was appointed, he hired his wife as kind of the clerk and typist. Good mood. Yeah, yeah. for the program. He died in uh, 1929, having served 10 years in that position. And his wife was appointed to succeed him. So from 1929 until she retired in uh, 1947, she oh, wow. was our state librarian. And interesting, her name was Mary. But on the work that she did, she would sign it Mrs. John Trotwood Moore. So the name continued to be out front. This particular document, though, is a formal document under seal. Got the gold seal gold seal of the state oh, yeah. of Tennessee on it. And under her signature, there is a certification that it's correct, the document, and meets with the approval of the Adjutant General, state of Tennessee, William Boyd at the time. And then it's further approved by the head of the particular unit that it's talking about, which is our 115th Field Artillery Unit. Interesting, though, how far back does the uh, military uh, uh, entity in Tennessee? Well, it's older than the United States. Oh, wow. Uh, certainly older than Tennessee. In 1774, a fellow named Evan Shelby, uh, under a title given to him by the state of North Carolina, Captain Evan Shelby, uh, he organized a company of about 50 men uh, to, uh, what would you say, protect the people coming over the mountain into the counties up in East Tennessee where the colonialists first settled in mm -hmm. Tennessee or what became Tennessee. And he joined with another regiment under a Colonel Christian and uh, they engaged primarily uh, the Indians, and in the period that we call the French and Indian War, uh, engaged the uh, French Indians, the French and the Indians, uh, mm -hmm. in several battles. Uh, interesting, though, Evan Shelby is not that familiar a name, but uh, his son was one of his understaff. His son, of course, was Isaac Shelby, who became one of the... Uh, major landowners, land developers in Tennessee. But among the company that Evan Shelby managed was James Robertson, Isaac Shelby, James Shelby, another, and a fellow named Valentine Severe. Now you gotta love that name. You gotta love that name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, how often have you come across the name Valentine? And Severe, of course, sounds familiar. Uh, Valentine was the head of one of the divisions in that group, and in his division was his son, John Severe. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, this was all in the period in the middle of the 1770s. In 77, James Robertson was appointed captain of a group, and he made John Severe his lieutenant over uh, that particular group of the militia. And they're the ones that in 1779 more or less ended the uh, threat of the from the Cherokee. Uh, that's the group that we talked about not long ago, or not long ago, under Captain Orr, who went down and destroyed the uh, Cherokee stronghold uh, down near what became Chattanooga. Uh, they also in uh, that period engaged in the Revolutionary War activity in North Carolina. And uh, that's where John Sevier and others distinguished themselves and became uh, public heroes. Battle of Kings Mountain, which stopped the British push towards uh, the territories in the West. Uh, and uh, after that battle, the forces of John Severe and Colonel Isaac Shelby, uh, they went and joined with the Swamp Fox, Francis Marion, mm -hmm. and uh, more or less routed the British in the North Carolina and South Carolina area during the later years of the war. Uh, after the war, North Carolina began parsing out territory in what became Tennessee and of course Sevier and Shelby were at the front of the line Yeah, and uh, Shelby in particular started buying anything that he was able to and uh, you know how much Tennessee is named Shelby Yeah, not only up in this area but uh, all the way down to West Tennessee down in West Tennessee uh, the uh, Militia, as it was identified at the time, engaged in most of the Indian Wars during the early 1800s, uh, was sent into the Mexican uh, War later in that, that century. And you wonder what happened in the Civil War uh, to the Tennessee militia. Interesting. It was split, split into three groups. Two mm. of the groups were loyal to the Confederacy and became part of the Confederate military. One of the group, and we're talking about now the uh, militia in Rutherford County, uh, one of the three groups went with the Union and became part of the Union Army. Uh, a good illustration of what we call the brother against brother. They had actually been in a single militia unit yeah. and then went three different ways. Uh, By the First World War, it had been re-identified as the First Tennessee Infantry and uh, was heavily involved in uh, the, the Rutherford County part of the militia, heavily involved in that war. Uh, we lost 740 men wounded and by disease. Now remember, Mm. As many as were wounded fell to the 
epidemic of that period, the flu epidemic. And we were a small population back then. Yeah, so it was it was a significant impact in in this area. Yeah. Uh, But John Sevier, of course, capitalized on his reputation through the military experience, became our first governor when Tennessee was was founded. But this particular document goes through all of the history of the 115th up to and including the World War II experience and then has a detailed footnotes as to the source on each of uh, the points made. and finally as I said is authentic uh, certification so an interesting document and as I said how I old is that document it's done right after the war just before her death or her retirement she yeah. retired in 1947 died in 1949 so it was one of the last things she did yeah and Hubert McCullough mm-hmm. our city manager Mercer city manager back yeah. during some of that period is apparently his in, among his belongings is where the document was found and was i believe passed to me by matt mccullough yeah before he died matt and i uh, shared some strong interest in local history and as i said we'll try to get this into some place safekeeping probably the archives and then can be used as it's pertinent to museum collections and such you can see the age on that on that particular document What's the that? age uh, you can see on that paper oh, yeah where it is in the old days an affidavit always had a wrapper on it this one has kind of an off yeah a uh, very light green or light blue wrapper and the pages are yellowed uh they obviously this was one of probably several carbon copies literally carbon because you can see where the the ink was uh weak or you rubbed yeah and uh so i suspect there are other uh actual copies uh that are also certified but this one is the one that was entrusted to the national guard leadership in rutherford county at the time and of course hubert mccullough was very much involved in the yeah. in the local national guard was that particular document, was that kept at his home on Salem Pike? Or uh, I don't know about when you that. talking about Matt. Yeah, it was at Matt's. Matt has given to me his collection of uh, literature documents relating to the militia and the uh, uh, National Guard during his time. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know sometimes it takes a while before you realize what all's in something when you get it like that yeah but he just delivered to me a box of material and uh, got some interesting material that i don't quite know the connection about alaska apparently uh, a family member of the mccullough's went to alaska and disappeared and turned up later and uh, i look forward to reading more closely through some of that information you know, we're fortunate to have you. You've done so much with the history of Rutherford County. But Rutherford County has always um, kind of like uh, maybe the Indians used to do 
we pass that history on from generation to generation and have for as long as I can remember. And I think that uh, um, having you be able to relate that back to the new people that have come in, this has been, um, growing up here, it has been a blessing for all of us because we've maintained that history for most of our lives as far as those of us that uh, have five or six generations of family that uh, could actually remember all of those things and pass them on, although a lot of it was, was not written, which is a shame. I wonder how many people recognize the name McCullough, uh, which was so prominent in the period following uh, World War II. Yeah. Uh, the city hall, our city hall at one time was named in honor. And I say at one time because we have since then built another city hall and I'm not aware of any uh, one being honored with uh, the name there. But our city hall has moved a couple of times, as you know, mm -hmm. and uh, down on what now is <clears throat> Northwest Broad is the building that uh, houses now some of our, uh, I think some of the fire department uh, offices are there. Yeah. And some of the uh, infrastructure offices are there. That was the city hall for a period. Mm -hmm. And it was officially named the Hubert McCullough City Hall. And uh, I'll have to go down there to see if there's a plaque to that effect, but I suspect there is. And uh, Clyde Fight, I think, took the lead in getting it named in honor of one of his his immediate predecessor, I think. Yeah. I believe Clyde followed Hubert. You know, we, we've had great leadership in our community over all the years. And I think the, the, the city managers have, um, when you think about it, They've had just as much influence as a lot of our elected leaders. And uh, I just wonder how much longer we will have that same um, uh, way of um, leading our community. Maybe we're probably not too far away from uh, the uh, city managers just being a name of the past and maybe the mayors are will take over because the city has really grown. It's unbelievable. Well, you're talking about uh, following, for example, the the uh, way Nashville has organized a full-time mm -hmm. salaried mayor mm -hmm. without that extra layer in between. And, you know, the city manager system makes a lot of sense for the smaller communities. Uh, but uh, – I, I agree with you. There may come a time here fairly soon when we should consider whether or not we have the most efficient uh, form of management in the city. Yeah, because why not have the person that you're voting for be the actual leader of the community and and thus for he would answer directly to the people, which I think that should be done. Mm -hmm. Uh yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, you and I are both a product of the cold weather this maybe, morning. It's maybe. hard to get. It's hard to get my brain going this morning. Well, you were talking about the uh, history we can be proud of, 
and I have been accused occasionally of pointing out some of the blemishes in our history, but I don't, I don't think of them as blemishes. I think of them as, let's really understand how things came to be. I mean, I was taught informally as a, as a student that uh, the Rutherford County history just moves smoothly along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, another document that I've recently enjoyed reviewing was the period 1813 to 1817, which is when Murfreesboro was born. And uh, in fact, the first function of the county seat in what came to be known as Murfreesboro was in January 1813. And this is a list of petitions that were submitted to the state legislature. Well, you'd think that uh, it was almost close to a uh, hot war, shooting war here in the county. Let me let uh, me tell this person to hold on. It's calling to hold on to you. You finish the story. All right. Okay. Uh, well, what's going on? And these are dated uh, 1813. A flurry of petitions from citizens and landowners in Jefferson, Tennessee, in mm-hmm. Rutherford County, claiming that. Uh, the uh, plan to relocate the county seat in Rutherford County was illegal, and they cite a number of uh, uh, points to bear that out. One is when they put the county seat in Jefferson County, the legislature said, this shall be the permanent seat of justice in Rutherford County, and then proceeded 10 years later to try to move it. They also pointed out that the procedure followed to relocate the county seat was in uh, violation of the procedure outlined in the Tennessee Constitution. And finally, they said, and you are taking from us our value and point out that in reliance on the legislative uh, uh, positioning of the original county seat, they had invested in property. Mm -hmm. Frequently comes down to money. They had invested and bought property in what became Jefferson, and now they were concerned that when the county seat moved, it would depreciate the value of their property. And uh, they were uh, suing and petitioning and complaining loudly that uh, they were being harmed and that the uh, way in which it was being done was in contra of the state constitution. I've looked at that, and you know they were probably right, but politics is politics, and the legislature had absolutely no interest or willingness uh, to go against those on the other side of the issue. So the petitions were simply fell on deaf ears. And, where uh, was CNN at that time? Where was what? Where was CNN at that time? Oh, I, who knows? Where was the Marines? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, what is interesting is uh, it never progressed to a shooting war, but it certainly looked like there were some uh, very uh, aggravated and upset people up in the northern part of the county yeah. at the time. Let's let's give this caller welcome aboard with Greg Tucker. Yes, good morning. Morning. Uh, Drummond, I'm, I'm trying to get my mind straight. I'm old school and... I'm trying to, it's an event they used to have, have out there on 231 going to it. It was the Indians. I don't, I'm, 
I don't know. It's been so long ago. I remember. I'm thinking about. It. I can remember that they used to have a some kind of event out on 231 down close to the Chris Stanley High School and back toward Murphy, bro, where they would meet and uh, tribe members. I don't know what the tribe members, but it was a beautiful sight. You, I've seen it once when I was coming home, coming to, to Murfreesboro, and and uh, the field was just full of Indians and the horses and stuff, and, and it was real colorful. And I don't know what what what, what kind of event did, did they have, did they have out through that way. I, I'm I'm pushing my brain, and I'm I'm not recalling it at all. Well, are we talking about uh, the old county fairgrounds where they had uh, well, that was horse races and competitions and shows? Well, it was that happening there. That was on South Two Thirty One. But he's he's talking about close to Christiana. Is that correct? Yeah, the Two Thirty One. Yeah, going towards Shelbyville. And uh, I mean, it was a gathering. I knew it it had something. It had something to do with, I guess, the, the tribes, the, the you know, the, the Indian tribes and stuff. It's some kind of celebration they was having, but I mean, the field, I mean, the field was just full. He just, you know, and horses, pretty horses, and and they was yeah. had to, you know, the dress, uh, tribal dress on, and all that kind of stuff. And man, it's just beautiful. I don't know if I was dreaming or what, but I. It's been so long ago. I just been back in the sixties. I know it was in the sixties, and I just can't, uh, can't, 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 you know, you know. Uh, I would have, I would have loved to gone to that, but uh, I cannot remember it at all. I don't remember nineteen sixties. That really wasn't very long ago. No, and of course I was in the service part of that time. Um. Well, no, I wish I could. If if you find out, or we find out, well, we, we will put it on the air because I'd love to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. If we could get a date, or at least some approximate dates, then we could probably run it down. Yeah, well, I was just, I just heard y'all talking about the Indians, and then I thought about that. It popped on my mind. It was talking about the Indians and stuff, and I said, well... I remember this event out there on 231. I said, it was a pretty, it was a scene, man. It was really, you know, like a memorial scene or something. I don't yeah. know what the deal was, but. You but know, it was in said, our county? Yeah. It was, rough, it was in rough County. Huh. Well, well, we'll try to research that. Well, I mean, you know, don't, <laughs> don't uh, you know, I just, I might have been dreaming or something. I don't know, man, but, you know, you just, you know, you get up in age and stuff, you just, things just come across your mind, and, you know, I just yeah. don't know. Yeah. Well, y'all have a, blessed, a good day, and keep up the good you work. Too. Thank you for calling. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with you. My name is Mary Edith Martin McFarland and I love Adam's Place. Nobody wants to leave their home. You know, I miss my house and yard, and that's why Adam's Place is wonderful for me. I feel safe. 
and I feel cared for if I were to fall. Somebody there to help you out and get you to help. That's why Adams Place is wonderful for me. I feel safe and I love Adams Place. Hello, this is Greg Tidwell from Bell Jewelers in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Bell Jewelers has three gemologists on staff, so we're able to do any appraisal or gemstone identification in our store. Nothing has to be sent out. Your gemstones have increased in value, and your insurance companies are wanting you to update your appraisals. Bell Jewelers can do all of that for you in-house. Nothing is sent out. Come by and see us at Bell Jewelers at 821 Northwest Broad Street. In retirement, it's all about income, your money, making money, and you're not spending down your principal. That's the way we do it at Retirement Income Solutions. So if you're spending down your principal or your money's not making money, keeping you ahead of inflation, check us out today at risolutions.net, risolutions.net. And make sure to join us Saturdays at noon and Sunday afternoons at 1 for Retirement Income Solutions Radio with Nathan Cox and Lindsay Cotter. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street in downtown Murfreesboro. We are very blessed to have volunteers, to have friends that are decorators that come in and merchandise our store and do our window displays that help with linens, that help with jewelry, that help just make the store look really nice. Proceeds from sales benefit Greenhouse Ministries, a faith-based nonprofit serving the underserved here in Murfreesboro. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street, across from the tall NHC building. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. This coming weekend, nearly a thousand high school student athletes and their families will visit Murfreesboro for the National Homeschool Soccer Championship. There'll be two days of intense competition this coming Friday and Saturday with varsity-level boys and girls teams from at least 15 states across the country. The tournament will be held at the newly enhanced Richard Siegel Soccer Complex. Murfreesboro Fire and Rescue was dispatched to a home fire on Idlewood Drive Saturday afternoon. When the crews got there, the blaze was in the kitchen area and it was quickly extinguished. The crew found a dog inside and brought her out where oxygen and an IV were started. Jewel was taken to the River Rock Animal Hospital by the battalion chief. The dog's owners reported she was doing better and would spend the night at the animal hospital to be evaluated. Murfreesboro Fire and Rescue investigators were called to the scene for a routine investigation. The Tennessee Highway Patrol is investigating the death of a 45-year-old pedestrian killed around 3 o'clock Saturday morning on I-24 eastbound between Almaville Road and I-840. The tractor-trailer driver told the trooper it was a dark night and he never saw the man until he ran in front of his rig. The pedestrian has been identified as Tyson Green from Antioch, though charges have been filed against the truck driver. And the average price for a gallon of regular gas in Tennessee is a nickel higher than a week ago. AAA says the statewide average is $3.04 a gallon. The national average is $3.30. Drivers are paying $3 a gallon in Chattanooga, $3.08 in Morristown, Knoxville, and Johnson City, and $3.05 in Memphis and Nashville. 
News on demand 24-7 at WGNSRadio.com. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. If you want to get some barbecue, I'll tell you how to do it. Head for the Slick Pig and you're into it. Just walk through the door at 1920 East Main and your nose will send a message right to your brain. Say, mmm, smells good. And barbecue. Slick Pig. We got ribs and beans. Got spicy wings. Slick Pig. A Murfreesboro tradition. 1920 East Main. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, Analexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Mostly sunny skies here this afternoon, a high in the mid-70s. Winds out of the north are 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear skies, alone here 42. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 40. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. I've been afraid of a dolphin. I, t- I took my kids and wife dolphin swimming one time. I believe we're back. What do you think? I think so. I hear you anyway. And here we were talking about a great trip by your granddaughter and your son. and Well, I'll share. They went to Hawaii. My son had business out there and decided to take a few extra days, take the wife and daughter along. But uh, my granddaughter, Cora, was on Waikiki Beach, I believe she told me, mm-hmm. uh, the principal tourist beach there. <laughs> And uh, she was up to her shoulders in the water, and a seal, seal came uh, swimming up to her, looked her right face to face, apparently was curious if it was one of the same, and uh, swam away. And I said, now how many people have had a personal encounter with the seal? Uh, but she was Not very many. <laughs> she, she was excited by yeah. it, and I can understand why. We got a caller? We do. Caller, welcome aboard with Greg Tucker. Good morning, Mr. Jones. Good morning. How are you this morning? Terrific. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, I was listening to your show, and uh, I believe well, Mr. Tucker brought up something about a National Guard unit, uh, 115th Artillery or something. Yes. Field Artillery, yeah. All right. Uh, I'll relate my question towards him there. I have got a picture. Actually, it's a big scroll-type picture of what I believe might have been a picture of the 115th Artillery Unit. 
the reason I am basing what I'm basing this on is that my dad, back in the, gosh, I guess it would have been the middle 20s, uh, somewhere in that neighborhood, was in a guard unit. And there is numerous, numerous soldiers on this, uh, on this scroll. And I have got macular degeneration of my eyes anymore, and I cannot see the writing at the bottom of the scroll. And when I did have good vision, I didn't, I have forgotten what it said. It might be kind of interesting for somebody to look at. There's a building over on the right-hand side of this thing, a big, tall building. I don't know where the picture was taken. I have no earthly idea. I do know that my dad was uh, in the unit, yeah, along with a cousin, along with an uncle of mine, and uh, the, I don't know, like I said, it was back in the probably mid-20s. I still got his draft cards where he was, uh, you know, where they rated him or whatever there, 1A or 1B or 1A or 4F or something. But uh, this thing, I have have never, I found it after my dad passed away, I found it in the back of an old, old shuffle robe type thing in a drawer. It was rolled up. And it's getting in pretty bad shape, and uh, I've done some taping on it to try to maintain it. But uh, somehow or another, I'd like to try to let somebody that knows something about it, and that is Greg, uh, I'd like, try to figure out what it is. I'd like very much to see it. We need to arrange to get together so we can see it. And then there's a process called digitization, which can save the image uh, in such a way that we can all look at it. Uh, but we would need your original in order to do that. Uh, either through the radio station or the mayor's office, uh, you can get it to me uh, and uh, or call there and we can arrange to meet one of those places. And let's see what we got. Sounds to me like something we ought to uh, used for documentation. As we said, that was a uh, following the World War II was an active period for the National Guard here in Rutherford County. A lot of the uh, veterans coming back stayed in the Guard, and as I said, the Guard was called upon uh, on more than one occasion. One in particular was the racial riots in uh, Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, and I have talked to people who had some involvement with that. Uh, so it would be interesting if it was a picture made uh, right in that period, uh, identifying some of the, I, I suspect we could identify some of the individuals. But please follow up and let's see if we can uh, figure out just what it is. Truman is inspecting his. Are, 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 are you still with us? I think we lost him. Well, he hopefully he listens on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Because that man, that would be great to ha- have that particular document. Those are rare. In the 1920s, 
I believe he's talking about the 40s, possibly. You think that, well, he was saying 20s. Uh, well, we'll take a look at what he's got and see what we can figure. Yeah. Uh, a good photograph from the 20s would be rare, but interesting. Yeah. And uh, if it's in the 1940s, then the, uh, some of the people I'm sure we could identify came across a name so many years ago and uh, just recently did a little research. And I'll challenge some of our listeners. In fact, I challenged our Historic Society membership, and nobody's come up with it. But there is a plaque marker, engraved marker on stone, somewhere around the courthouse square and give a clue uh it's within sight from the steps of the courthouse and the name on the plaque is l j pierce mm -hmm. and has a date 1869 well i ran down the name trying to figure out why it would be on that particular spot and the first name is is interesting almost amusing the l stands for leander l-e-a-n-d-e-r that's a name i hadn't come across before as a as a given name but it's leander j pierce spelled p-i-e-r-c-e 1869. turns out that leander was an attorney and probably had been during the civil war a union man a union sympathizer because in the years immediately following the Civil War, when uh, even Rutherford County was still under martial law, he's very active in legal practice, seems to be specializing in administration of uh, uh, wills and estates and uh, prospering in that period, uh, 1866 to 1870. And I suspect that uh, this marker evidences the fact that his office was on the square and probably he owned the property that, uh, where he officed and at some point decided to leave a permanent uh, record of his ownership or position there. So we have, and again I'm speculating now, but a privately financed uh, marker embedded in uh, the square. And uh, very, very few of those who notice it, if anybody notices it, have any idea who L.J. Pierce may be. But if you want to find it, my clues are it's on the square itself, and it's within the line of sight from the steps of the courthouse. And if you go looking, you can figure out which steps we're talking about. Have you got a pencil? I do not have a pencil. Oh. You need a pencil? Well, I have the gentleman's name and, and phone number. telephone number. So All right, we'll get that. If, if you guys will leave Let's, this for him. Yeah, uh, I see a pen over there on the table we can get to. I think uh, Truman sold all of his pens in the yard sale last Saturday, so he's shorthanded. Oh, you don't have a pen. You got your notebook, but no pen. You just keep talking. <laughs> Truman is walking away. And uh, I do encourage anyone who's interested in uh, some local history tonight, 7 o'clock, at the Carriage Lane Inn. 
I believe that's on Burton Street near the uh, site of the old hospital. Uh, I know it's on the, just off the corner of Manny uh, and is part of the, I think you'd call it a bed and breakfast there on Manny. And uh, Truman is returning and has borrowed a pen from somebody. It would be, this is a good example of what uh, people need to try to do with our new museum, which right now I think will be opened and dedicated in uh, late November, probably just before Thanksgiving. Uh, oh, last time I was there last week, we were doing some uh, finishing touches on display cases and uh, lighting uh, in that area and uh, have already begun moving in one exhibit, which is uh, E.C. Talbert's collection of uh, medical history. And uh, in fact, when I was there, they literally were bringing in cases with parts of that collection. Now, aren't you happy that you've got somebody can run all these errands for you? Truman's trying to take credit here. Tom Adams, and I've got the number, and we'll follow up with Tom and see what history that picture he has might reveal. You know, uh, you do such a great job, but, you, you know, we have to give credit for, for a lot of people that live in this community that want to keep a lot of this history alive. And, and that's, that's pretty neat for his father Mr. Adams's father to leave that type of record for him to be passed on to others, and a lot of times, I mean, the events that happened during our lifetime may not seem to be that important, but it's it's pretty nice to be able to have a relationship with your family and friends that you want to keep those things still um, alive so that people can understand what really happened to make our community so great. And we live in the best part of the United States right here in, in Rutherford County, and there's no doubt about it. Well, we know from experience that uh, there are families and descendants of families that find in the old trunk or in the attic uh, records and pictures that they are not able to identify or relate to. And in some cases they may know, but are in the circumstances where they can't really retain. And uh, I encourage anybody that's got scrapbooks, pictures, uh, old uh, documents of any kind that they don't know what to do with, uh, but it's not the type of thing you toss. Bring it to the Historic Society offices at 717 North Academy on a Saturday morning. They're always, uh, if it's not a holiday weekend, there's always someone there uh, and we will uh, using the computer technology if it's more than we can store reserve that information yeah recently I've seen some beautiful scrapbooks all labeled and uh, documented uh, from family that uh, was downsizing or leaving the area and uh, chose to pass it on to the historic society we can put all that available online. Uh, very important for those that, uh, researching genealogy or just uh, 
it's interesting how from pictures sometimes snapshots of family you can uh, figure out uh, what buildings are in the picture uh, the cars will usually help us date the uh, the picture and uh, add to our in stored information about our local community yeah the trouble is sometimes we have people who want their privacy just to themselves and their family and um, they are very very special people i've known i've known people like that in my lifetime and you you know when you get a certain age you like to share those memories i know that i still have people in my uh class uh going up in school and we will call each other every once in a while and just kind of um relive those particular yeah. uh, moments that we had well, during were, the time you were earlier in the show accusing me of playing golf and i told you i admit that it's more of a reunion and that's what we're doing so of course getting together standing around uh uh spending time together with people we remember from way back when yeah and uh that's an important part of this phase of our life i think it is, and, uh, uh, and it, it, you you look back in the past, but you know, we we still look forward to the future and see what it will bring. Although, um, it seems like that um, what's going on in our country doesn't seem to be a past uh, a part of our past at all. I mean, it, 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 things have have changed dramatically in in what's going on here and. Which is one reason why we are inclined to reach back. Yeah, I think remember, you're right. Remember what's before. Yeah. And I'm sorry we're out of time. Are we? I've enjoyed it this morning. I thoroughly enjoyed it because you did all the work this morning, and I've just been sitting over here enjoying what you're relating back to us. So that's pretty special. All right. Thank you, Truman. All right, guys. We'll see you in the morning at 9. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.